in seminary, uh, we uh, did a week-long course. It was just one week, and it was a course on evangelism. And everyone was terrified of this course. Um, even the people in seminary didn't really want to take it um, because uh, it's talking about your faith to others and going out beyond your comfort zone. Um, the course began, though, with our professor, who was, in fact, an Anglican bishop, and uh, he said, what we're going to do is we're going to take however long out of the week it takes, and all 18 people in the course are going to talk about their faith to the rest of the class. And, and so the, and we had no idea this was coming. Um, and he said, what I want you to do is talk about three different conversions that you've had in your life. And already, because most of us were mainline Protestants, United Church, Presbyterian, and Anglican, evangelism is a scary word for lots of mainline Protestants who grew up in Canada, and, but, but conversion is an even scarier word. <laughs> like, so now we've got an Anglican bishop using these two words, and he said, these are the three conversions I want you to talk about. One is your conversion to Christ. The other one is the conversion to the church. And the third one is your conversion to the world. And he said, really, the life of faith, we should hit all three of those conversions. And they don't always necessarily happen in the same order for everybody. Some people get a conversion to the church, which most of us interpreted as we, when we really knew that Christian community was central, was important. Some people get that before they ever really quite even know who Jesus is. Others have a conversion experience directly with Jesus Christ and then where they know his love and they accept it for themselves for the first time. And then they learn, wow, there's this whole community <laughs> that's connected to Jesus. Others see what's going on in the world and things like the situation in India or the situation in Syria and our heart breaks for them and then suddenly something drops that God actually cares about what's happening and God's vision and plan through Jesus is to transform the world and not, it's not just about me and Jesus. It's not just about Jesus and the people who get together on a Sunday morning to have worship services. It's about Jesus and the whole world. And so he said, we need all three of those conversions. Now, when I told my story, a central part, and, and this didn't, I didn't realize this until I was actually telling the story, that a central part of my conversion to church was around a woman named Nancybel Arnold. She's passed away now. Um, but she was an older woman who sat in the back of St. John's Presbyterian Church. She was an elder, and when they had communion at St. John's, they still do this, the like we're going to today, and it'll be very different than how they do it at St. John's. Um, but when they do communion, all of the elders of the church come up and they sit around in chairs. And she was the one, one of the elders who sat next to the minister, and she handed the minister, usually would hand the minister the, the big cup to drink out of. And we all had little cups. So my vision of her as a teenager 
was she's the second most important person in the church. <laughs> the minister's the first impo most important, which is actually isn't true, by the way, right? But the, my, my idea was the minister's the most important, and so the second most important must be the person who hands the big silver cup to him. <laughs> Nancy Bell Arnold. So I was terrified of her. I never wanted to speak to her because, whoa, like, you know, you've got God, the minister, and then Nancibel, <laughs> you know? But every Sunday as I walked out, she would smile at me. And I found out later that I got very involved in youth group and would do things in church and, and still had this idea. I, I don't think if I had said it out loud, I wouldn't have actually believed it, but I think it's kind of what I had in my mind and my heart. I still had this idea that she's too important to, to talk to. Um, eventually, she spoke to me, and then later, maybe a year or so later, she actually shared with me, you know how scared I was to talk to you the first time I talked to you, she said? Because by the time she talked to me, I'd gone through my long hair phase, <laughs> where my hair was a little past my shoulders, and, and, and she said, well, you know, you're a teenager, and I'm, I don't want to talk to teenagers because I'm old, and I, what would I have to do to relate to, to you? And you're always up front speaking and doing things, and I would never speak in front of people. And I'm thinking, you sit next to the minister. <laughs> but yeah, she'd ne I'd never heard her speak in church. And so we were both terrified to talk to one another. So we never did. Now I'm glad we finally did, because... I learned what the church is by finally getting a chance to talk to her. And it's funny how that sticks with me more than youth group or Presbyterian Youth Council, which was very formative for me. But that woman sticks with me. So we're talking about community and specifically Christian community and whether Christian community is any different than any other community. Because, I mean, I haven't had a chance to read through these papers yet that you filled out, but, but my thinking is, is that community itself happens anywhere that people are. So you're going to experience community all over the place, in school, in your family, with friends, at work, uh, bowling, football, sporting events, concerts, wherever you go and wherever there are people, you're going to experience community. But what is different about Christian community? I mean, in some ways, I tell this story about Nancy Bell Arnold, and I'm touched by it myself, but... You know, we, we could have belonged to, to some other club, and ha I could tell exactly the same story. She could have been, you know, the vice president of, you know, whatever association that I happened to also be, you know, going to because my parents were taking me, and we didn't talk to another for a year, and then eventually we did, and we were, you know, it, we could tell that same story in another organization. So what's special about the church? What's special about Christian community? Now, some will want to say, well, what's special about Christian community is Christian community should be where we're, where we're so close to one another, where there's this sense of intimacy, where we can truly share and be honest with one another. Well, I would love for that to be true, but that isn't always the case in church. And sometimes 
you can get that somewhere else where you can be totally honest with someone and they're not Christian. And they're totally honest with you and you are. Well, isn't that wonderful? Because now you get to have a friendship and, and witness to them what it means to be a Christian. But you're experiencing pretty close community with that person. So it's not about the closeness. Maybe it's that Christian communities are automatically more caring and more supportive. Well, is that, is that really true? It'd be nice if it was. But I, there's some pretty compassionate people. There's some pretty great communities out there that are very supportive. Is it maybe that Christian communities are automatically more accountable? Because that's something we could use. Well, that's not necessarily always true either, is it? Is it that Christian communities are nicer? No. Is it that Christian communities are less judgmental? It should, it should be. But it doesn't seem to work that way. Is it that Christian community is more welcoming? Well, that would be great to say that, but no, other communities are really welcoming too, or can be. Or they can be closed off, and some churches can be really closed off too. Okay, well, maybe it's the rituals and the traditions, right? Like that's what kind of maybe makes us different because we've got sort of different ways of doing things. Like, you know, we're going to celebrate communion today, and yes, it'll be different from church to church, but basically every church has that same tradition, that same ritual as part of it. But I don't know, most families in Canada put up a Christmas tree every year. That seems to be like a tradition and a ritual. Schools have all kinds of traditions and rituals that they do year after year. And they're not Christian in the public school system. So it can't be just that we've got certain traditions and rituals, because all communities have traditions and rituals. So what is it that is different about Christian community? Can't we just go get community anywhere? If community gets created just where there's people, then why can't we just go anywhere? Why is this special? Why is this different at all? Let's walk through the Ephesians text. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. I think this is talking about how you're no longer strangers and aliens from, from God. That God had his chosen people, the people of Israel, but Ephesians is written primarily to Gentiles, who are just learning that God welcomes them in Jesus Christ. They are essentially now his chosen people, just like the original chosen people. So you're no longer strangers, you're no longer aliens to this, this nation. You are now part of this. You are citizens in God's nation. You weren't before, and now you are. And you're also members of the household of God. But you see, what gets played out here in Ephesians is not just that you were estranged from God and now you're not, but 
that you're no longer strangers and aliens to each other. You're members of a household, not just you and God, but you and God. And so when we continue with the, with the verse, we, we find out what it is that's significant about this community. You're members of the household of God, which is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. What's different about our community? Well, if we're a building, if we liken ourselves to a building, Jesus is the cornerstone on which everything else is built. So Jesus is the unique thing. And a building is a really good metaphor to talk about who we are as a community. Because as soon as we can picture that, we can picture that God lives in that building. That's what a temple is. So the ancients believed that God's presence actually existed on earth in the temple. God's presence didn't exist anywhere else on earth, just in the temple. And we as Christians believe God can be all over everywhere. But it's a really good metaphor for us to think about how we are a temple. We sometimes hear those verses about you are the temple of God. We think about, we think about our bodies as temples and that God can live within us individually. But in a lot of ways, it's talking about our body, the body of Christ, the body of believers, is a temple in which the Spirit of God can dwell. I don't know a lot of other communities that claim that God is in our community. Like, isn't that kind of obvious, that that's what's unique about us? that we have Jesus in our community. We have Jesus in our community. Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus says to his disciples, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. What other community claims that, ever? Two of us are getting together, and we're Christians, we're claiming that together, and so we know there's not really just two of us here because Jesus is with us too. That doesn't happen at the community center. That doesn't happen on the sports team. That doesn't happen at work or at school. That doesn't happen always with your groups of friends unless you're intentionally saying, we're a Christian community gathered together for around Jesus. We don't claim that. And if together we are God's dwelling place, that God actually makes his home among us and within us in community with one another, then what does that mean? Well, it means we look at Jesus as the key for what the community ought to be like. Okay? 
So on a real simple and basic level, we'll take that reading from John 13, where Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment, that you must love one another just as I have loved you. You should love one another. And everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. We're going to get into this more as the series continues, so we don't have time to go into everything about Jesus and how that impacts our community life together. But I want us to really grasp that just having Jesus at the center of our community, it shouldn't make us start to claim things about the church that are not really true. Like our community, is, uh, the church is going to be closer and more intimate than, than somewhere else. That's not necessarily true. It might be a different character and a different flavor because of Jesus. Yes. It doesn't mean we're going to automatically be more caring than other people because the church is made up of human beings. If anything, it means that we ought to be a community of people that admits that we're not going to be any of those things perfectly. But that Jesus forgives us and sets us free. Or as a friend of mine said, and I'm not sure who he was quoting, this is, the first time I heard this quote was from Glenn Soderholm, and uh, he was talking about how people accuse Christians of being hypocritical. And he said, actually, everybody's hypocritical. It's just Christians gather together every week to admit it and ask for forgiveness. It's true. We all say one thing and do another. We all mess up and then pretend that we don't. Yet when we gather together as community, we're, we're face to face with Christ when it's Christian community. And so we force ourselves into submitting to him and receiving from him his grace and his love and his compassion, and we do our best to reflect that to one another, knowing that we're never going to be able to do it as he did it. That's a very different community than everything else out there. Amen. Oh,